Zach, you have to make a choice. Either I'm going to stop you right there. What? I don't do ultimatums because they're stupid. Oh, I was just going to ask if you wanted to go to a movie or have strawberry schnapps. Oh, well, one of those choices sounds a lot better than the other. And I guess you could do both of them, but you do have to decide on one by midnight. Seems arbitrary, but okay. Well, while you decide, I'm going to go take down our Gurnan Thar's Ascendance decorations. It is February, after all. The season has passed. Yeah, we do still need to paint the toes on our chicken feet. We always forget that. Ah, oh, damn it. This week, the Buffy gays run dramatically in a montage to discuss Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 5, Episode 10, Into the Woods. We'll lament the lack of patter songs and break down the episode to share some behind-the-scenes trivia. We'll hang out at some friend's apartment so our sister can have loud, obnoxious sex and rate the episode on a scale of 1 to 10 stakes. And we'll discuss the queer themes and gayest moments of the episode while harpooning the vampire who's been sucking on our shitty boyfriend. So grab your promotional chicken foot, a punching bag, and a pillow to scream in for this week's episode of... A Buffy, Buffy Gay. <sighs> Into the woods. Tell us you need us right now. Into the woods and out of the woods and home before dark. <laughs> Into the helicopter before Riley leaves. Just kidding. Fuck off, Riley. Get the fuck out of here. Hello all, I'm Kyle. And I'm Zach. And we're a couple of small town gays who love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Together, we'll examine each episode of this trailblazing series through the lens of our own queer experiences. We'll dive deep into the stacks to break down each episode, share some behind-the-scenes trivia at Scooby meetings, and explore queer themes as we stand against the forces of darkness. So whether you're a first-time watcher or you've been a fan since the old ones walked the earth. We invite you to join weekly patrols of the Sunnydale streets with your Buffy Buffy Gaze. Zachary. Hello, Kyle. How are you doing this fine afternoon? I am great. <laughs> how how much has your mood been affected by the episode you just watched? Um, I'd like <laughs> to show you on the doll where the episode hurt me. <laughs> um, I got I got back from the gym and got in the shower while Zach was watching the episode. And while I was in the ha- shower, I heard him go to at the TV. He just went. Ah! Yeah, I actually screamed in frustration. I watched it at school, and I rolled my eyes many a time. And I was like, I wonder if people see me rolling my eyes and are wondering what that's all about. Yeah, my eyes were getting really tired <laughs> from all the rolling. Yeah, so this is going to be an interesting one to uh, and I <laughs> to both go through. I both said and typed, fuck off Riley so many times. Mm-hmm. And Xander, fuck off Xander. And Xander, yes. Uh, but yeah, so we'll, we'll get into all that. Uh, (laughs) Chris messaged us on Instagram, a picture of Heidi Klum's earthworm Halloween costume. And he said this would be a better, I already forgot what it was called. The, uh, the, oh, the, uh, Queller demon. He said this would be a better Queller demon. (laughs) (laughs) This episode? No. What? What? Queller demon. What? The last episode. 
Oh, he, he said this would be better. He said, no, oh, so you forgot. You were either weren't listening or forgot what I said. He sent us a picture of Heidi Klum as an earthworm for Halloween. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I Yeah, I did kind of trail off. I was trying to get all my stuff. And I was like, yeah, a giant earthworm is a lot more alien than whatever the fuck we got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Heidi Klum should have been uh, the costumer for that one. No uh, offense, costume department. I agree. Do you think, Hiley, you or, think Heidi mean, Klum made that? Sorry. <laughs> I, I meant to say whoever designed that costume for Heidi Klum should be the Heidi. And uh, should, should be the Heidi. Full offense costume department. <gasps> fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. I gotta <laughs> think about Heidi. I gotta think about Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> so, so <laughs> do you have any trivia? Sorry, I just about I just thought about how oh. if there if Heidi in closet should be in a production of Shrek and she should play Pinocchio because she could just do it with her <laughs> normal voice. <laughs> Alright. Uh, I'm wood! I'm good! Get used to it! <laughs> it would just be like that, but more breathy. Yes. <laughs> Alright, anyway. Into the Woods aired on Tuesday, December uh, something, 2009. Oh, 19th. I don't know why I didn't type that in. 19th. There we go. And was directed by writer Marty Noxon, which would be uh, more exciting if this episode wasn't so <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah, Marty Noxon has been... Uh, she's been on both sides of the spectrum. She go, She's the one... I think her first... No, it wasn't her first episode. Her first episode, I believe, was one of the What's My Lines, and she wrote that... As a writer. I think the first one, she co-wrote it with someone else, and the second one, she wrote herself. Mm. Uh, she also wrote Beauty and the Beasts. Yeah. So, like, not a perfect track record for Marty Noxon, and, and this is another <laughs> blemish. Well, and this is her first time directing... Um, I think anything, actually. It's interesting because I certainly would not say... I mean, it's a little, like... It's pretty corny and so, like a little too corny in some places. I don't know if that's the fault of the direction, though. Perhaps I don't know, but there are. I, f- I feel like directing directorially, it's that stuff is okay. The writing, is the writing is horrendous in like terrible. all like not even just from a Riley is annoying standpoint, but also like there's just a lot of drama in this episode that has not been earned at this point. Yes. <laughs> And we'll talk about more about that when we get into the episode. So continue with your trivia. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, she only has three other directing credits, um, and they are the from The Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce, To the Bone, and Dietland, uh-huh. which are all three shows that she, I think, is a producer on. Uh, she has a lot more stuff as producer and writer. Um, she's worked on Grey's Anatomy, Mad Men, Private Practice, Glee, I Am Number Four, and Fright Night. Glee is like... I feel like Glee is like the perfect show for a Buffy alum to go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Do you know which episodes she directed? I have no idea, but I bet. Or, I mean that she wrote. Or yeah. I bet when you tell me, I'm gonna be like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Glee, extraordinary, Merry Christmas. Okay, that was. I don't know. I don't know if there are more than one Christmas. Special. Isn't that the black I think and there white are one? The black and white one was so good. I hope it was one? that one because I and, love that one. And then choke choke oh that's a really good episode come on marty Noxon. that's the episode where uh, spoilers for glee if you haven't seen glee that's the episode where rachel has her first bad performance ever when she's auditioning for a prestigious new york performing arts school yeah i um i am i'm like a casual fan of glee but kyle's really into glee well i've never seen the last i've seen 
like the last two seasons I haven't seen. I like fully, after the first New York season, I dropped off when it was airing, and I still haven't seen those two all the way. I fully just included that glee bit for you. Thank um, you. I appreciate welcome. it. Uh, so yeah, do you, you? I mean, we we know about her writing. Do we need? Do you have any writer stuff to say before we do trivia? Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I told there's a couple of stuff she wrote on this show, and that's all. That's as far as I ever go. All right. So, <laughs> um, the end of this episode has something or that says in memor in memory of DC Gustafsson. Yeah, I was gonna look that up, but I figured you would do it for me. Yeah. So that is. A reference to Gustav Gustafsson, All um, right. who was the lead man for the first two seasons of the show, and I had to look up what that means. Uh, a lead man is a s- um, part of the set decorating department, and they're responsible for the props and the swing gang, or set dressers, uh, and or set dressers, who the swing gang uh, is the, are who, like, dresses the set, like, you know, before and then takes everything down when they're done with the episode. So um, he uh, he was le- he did that role lead man for the first two. Um, I'm assuming that's how you say it. It's not leadman, you know. Like know. He's leadman. Anyway, <laughs> um, and uh, he was, according to IMDb, a close friend of Sarah Michelle Gellar, and he died um, during filming at age 41 after fighting cancer and AIDS. Damn. So sad times. Um, yeah. And whatever, then, whatever honorific phrase suits your beliefs. So yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. Like he also appara- either rest rest in peace, or may your memory be a blessing, or something else I don't know about. Sure. And <laughs> um, the he they that also was meant in- to be sincere. <laughs> they also included his name in um, an episode from season four where he was on like the list of students, I think. Oh, cute. And so you've got that. Um, so uh, we already said this is the first episode um, directed by Marty Noxon. <laughs> Her next episode is called Forever, and we will uh, see, we'll see how, how that, that goes. goes. <laughs> and um, <coughs> so... We've already made some references to Into the Woods, the musical by Sondheim. But that's not, it's not supposed to be a reference to that. It's just supposed to be the reference to the uh, turn of phrase. That's Are we out of the woods? That's not what right? IMDb said. Well, that's IMDb. I'm, well, I'm sharing what IMDb said. I'm just, I'm not saying it's yeah. correct or not. But it <laughs> yeah, says, right. the title Into the Woods derived from the Stephen Sondheim musical of the same name. The musical explores tragedy that befalls fairy tale characters after their happily ever after and um they're saying that is like buffy's relationship and then also something that i can't say because it's just big spoiler um i was like i don't did buffy have a happily ever after right i mean i, I that's what makes me think, I imagine, agree with you that it's not related uh-huh. i imagine that the existence of the musical into the woods like helped them come up with this name but and because joss whedon is a musical theater fan but uh, and particularly a Sondheim fan, I think. But uh, I like this episode has nothing that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's like, no, they're not out of the woods. They're going into the woods, which also into the woods. I believe the name of the musical is a reference to that phrase. So. So. Right. And speaking of like the whole plot epi- of this episode and like why it exists, this is another IMDb thing. So grain of salt, grain of salt, grain of salt. But. 
It says, when asked why they chose to have Riley leave Sunnydale, Joss Whedon said that he wanted to give Buffy a healthy relationship, but people didn't want it. Um, and that he said that um, that when they were happy, like people were bored with the show and made people crazy, blah, 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 whatever. It's like the whole thing about like friends and how Ross and Rachel had to constantly be like on off or they show would be over or whatever right right? and um that uh marty noxon also said that um romance and i'm I'm not doing direct quotes but that basically i'm summing it up that she said sunnydale romance just doesn't go very well and buffy with like a stable boyfriend isn't as interesting as buffy in some kind of romantic strife which is just like it's so annoying partially due to like the like trueness of it like the like fandom and stan culture makes it such that like the having some sort of shipping conversation and having turmoil in relationship and sh- in relationships in these ways like improves yeah like uh how people like interact with the show and things like that and gets clicks and views and yeah. ratings well like the rest of the quote is that having such a good constant character makes things or was we said we were at risk of things getting a little dull mm-hmm. and i have a rebuttal to that and my rebuttal is jim and pam from the office right and who until the last season of the office their relationship is it's not like perfect and they disagree about stuff but they don't have like injected drama just for the purpose of having drama right it's and just like regular shit and like it's not like one explosive thing every like two well weeks. and jim and pam i feel like are a super beloved tv couple uh-huh and so and to a point to where like when they actually did have start start having problems in their relationship i've kind of like towards the end of the season i have multiple or end of the series i mean i had kind of multiple feelings about it on the one hand i was very hooked and like oh my god what's gonna happen they can't <laughs> break up and then at the same time, I was like, this feels a little bit too much. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I just don't agree that, like, having a good relationship is boring. I feel like that's just kind of, <laughs> like, lazy. I just feel like... Yeah, like, you can make... Have ways... To, like, I f- she if she's in a really good relationship and they really care about each other, then she really has something to lose. Right. And like having him around constantly in danger, like that, I feel like that's a ton of shit. And also, like, a lot of the problem, like, you could even a lot of the beats of this episode could be really similar if they weren't building up for to have this like big giant moment at the end and like wanted to actually explore them working through shit. Right. Like, but no, they're not, they're like, oh, we have to have the guy the deep voice guy in the uh preview saying nothing will ever be the same in sunny <laughs> right <laughs> so yeah i mean that uh we're gonna dig into um all of the issues with this episode as we go on but the last thing i have is that um this is uh the and after this episode mark lucas who plays riley is no longer in the main cast um, and he was promoted to series regular in the 11th episode of season four. So he was a, a main character for exactly one season. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Which is it's funny. That was something I got from IMDb too. Poor Mr. Blucas. Right. So someone needs to write a book. Of that, I do feel like, title. I feel like I want to say too, before we get into it too deep, I am going to be shitting on, like, I'm going to be saying a lot of like, fuck you, Riley, Riley, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> But it's actually more directed at the writing. 
Yeah, Mark Lucas like does his best. Yeah, Mark Lucas is fine. It's not he didn't write this shit. Uh huh. And like and yeah, it, good. Continue. It's it is it's like you know the character I feel like was done very dirty. And like you said, I don't feel a lot of the stuff in this was earned. By the way, I would just like to point out that I uh, I've mentioned before that I like to color code my notes um, for the show. Like I pick a color a lot of times that I feel like goes with the episode. Um, would you like mm-hmm. to guess what color my note is? Uh, either either black despair or poop brown. <laughs> it is the latter. It is poop brown. <laughs> the text is yellow in color. Because it's pee. It represents it's poo-poo pee-pee. Pee-pee poo No. <laughs> no. <laughs> corn? Corn. <laughs> I don't remember reading This corn. episode is a turd with corn in it. Because <laughs> it's corny and shitty. Oh, anyway. great. But um, anyway, here's me uh, dunking on these writers when I said that. So <laughs> I feel like, uh, you know, I just... I just <laughs> there I just wanted to put that out there. Like I don't think I could do a better job per se, but But also I hate this episode. Same. All right. Is that you have any trivia left? That's it. Okay. So Zachary. Do you want to give our disclaimer before we go into our detailed episode discussion? Ew. Is so it's time for us to move on to the segment where we do our deep dive into the episode and share our thoughts. And don't worry, we are gonna have thoughts. Um and you also don't need to worry. If you haven't seen the entire series, we shan't spoil anything for you. We'll only allude to future events with the cheekiest of foreshadowing. Only the cheekiest. So cheeky. All right. And that's it. All right. We start with a previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And it's like, we remember that Riley's an asshole. Because Riley being a bitch. Buffy doesn't tell him literally everything that's on her mind. And he needs that, I guess. Uh-huh. He doesn't think Buffy loves him. But Spike loves her. Well, Spike. Mm, yeah yeah <laughs> and we see joyce being rolled away for surgery it's interesting how they never show spike and the previously's walking up to her with a shotgun but mm. you know whatever <laughs> right yeah so uh that wouldn't fit the narrative <laughs> yeah that wouldn't fit the narrative the producers are trying to craft here so this episode of drag race <laughs> yeah let's blame the edit <laughs> so riley and buffy are in the waiting room dawn's sleeping on one of their laps and giles uh arrives and he offers to get them something wearing a very sporty leather jacket yes they each decline and we see willow and xander waiting as well no tara there's no tara in this episode either could it be any worse Yes, it can. It will get much worse. And uh, Xander's wearing a very shiny shirt. Oh, I didn't even notice. I didn't take note of that. I haven't uh, haven't noted the fashions in a while. Uh, Also, I'm already annoyed with Xander this episode. Yeah. Willow is like, what time is it? And Xander's like, there's a clock right behind you, Will. And I was like, how about don't be a fucking asshole? (laughs) Yeah, I think the the joke is supposed to be that she's been asking him what time it is a lot. Uh Uh-huh. But, but like, it it's just, not hard for you to look at your watch. It seem with no context. It seems really dickish. It's I think it's dickish no matter what. Like even if I she's mean, being annoying, like her friend's mom my, is in having brain surgery. What's wrong with you? Uh huh. Yeah. I and mean, like I guess it's affecting him too. But like you don't have to be an asshole about it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a lot. So um then uh they're like what's taking so long and a doctor starts walking towards them and there's all this dramatic dramaticness and a lot of anticipation yes there's tense music and the camera zooms in on buffy's face and then there's the intro and we're like no 
what happened to Joyce? Uh. Wouldn't it be awful if she had died? That was it. <laughs> like the intro comes back and there, she's like, he's like, well, we killed your mom by accident. <laughs> that would <God>. have <laughs> that would have been so shitty. Yeah, imagine if Joyce died. That would be dark. <laughs> but uh, when we come, huh, yeah, it, should, it would be super dark. So we come back from the intro, and the doctor tells Buffy that Joyce is in recovery. They got the whole tumor, and she's going to be fine. She don't just say whole tumor. Don't say whole. <laughs> anyway, I don't want whole in my Buffy gaze. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, they're like, you know, it's, it's a big relief. They just need to do some, as long as she gets through recovery, she'll be okay. And then they're all hugging and then Bobby <laughs> hugs the doctor and things crack and he's uh-huh. like, ah. he actually does the owl that I do when the cat bites me Ow! Like, Ow! <laughs> and, uh, to get him to stop. And so then she's like, oops, sorry. <laughs> yes. She forgets her own strength cause she's so happy. So we cut to Xander and Anya's apartment. And Dawn is telling them how she used to put chopstick in her mouth so she'd look like a vampire. And Buffy would chase her around with a steak, which I think is super cute. And then Anya says, that's disturbing. You're emotionally scarred and will end up badly. And I was like, when? So, okay, we have to we have to do the Dawn revisionist history here now. So Buffy became the Slayer at 15. And... Don is 20 now, right? Yeah, and Don is five years younger than her. So when Buffy was called, Don would have been 10. So at I thought Don was 14. Oh, she is 14. Yeah, she's not 15 yet. She's 14. So she would have been nine. So at some point, like when do we do we think Don learned before Joyce? Do we think that Buffy broke it to Joyce and Don at the same time? And then it's like, what was it like for Don when Buffy was away in LA for a whole summer and they didn't know where she was? Like right. that must have been traumatic for Don. Except none of it actually happened. I know, but they remember it happening. I know, it's so weird. (laughs) So many questions. I just, I, it would be so cool. I wish, like, we're not ever going to get an episode where we, like, get Dawn's memories. Mm. Like, and I feel like that would have been really impactful in this season. I, I thought, I think that's like a re, would have been a really cool idea for an episode, but you know. Well, and they mention memories of her, and I, it's, it is really interesting and intriguing when they do that, and uh-huh. it, it raises a lot of questions. But yeah, there's no like. I, it would just flashback. be so cool to have an episode that's like a bunch of little vignettes of what Don remembers happening. Right. But anyway, <laughs> that's yeah a whole, a whole other conversation we can have at another time. Don continues to be in this show. So yeah, you're just trying to discuss the good parts. Yes. Anya says Anya says that she thinks Buffy chasing Don with the steak is um, has made Don emotionally disturbed. I will say that Anya is like the atlas of this episode. She is amazing. She I is love holding her. This entire episode on her shoulders, uh-huh. keeping this episode from just being pure garbage. Like right. I mean, well, I mean like it's garbage, but you know like there's like there's a quarter in it, you know? Like, <laughs> right. There is something of value in there. Uh, Xander wants to know what Don wants to do besides chasing. And he says, because he's old and stuffed of full of Mugu guy starch. And I was mm. like, first of all, starch? What are you talking about? Like rice. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, but then also, I was like, old? You're too old to be. You're 20 years old. <laughs> well, yeah, there's so. Like, like forty-year-old dads chase their children around. <laughs> well, but too not old as in like age, like too 
mature. Oh, I get he. Even though Xander's anyway. definitely not too mature. I was like, that was a weird comment for him to make. Uh, Anya wants to play life <laughs> because last time she had so much money and she wanted to sell her children. Well, apparently, she all they. It seems like they've played it multiple times. And she, she always, always wins. wins, and she she's like, "Well, we could uh, spice it up by making a wager with real money." And then uh, Xander's like, "And after we teach her to gamble, we could all get drunk." Yeah, and Anya thinks that's a serious suggestion. She's <laughs> like, "We could bring something in. Uh, strawberry schnapps tastes just like ice cream." Yeah. I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> uh, that made me sick to my stomach just thinking about it. What was strawberry? Sh- no, Joyce just said schnapps. I don't know. We if don't. It was we a don't know the flavor. Kind. Yeah, we just could have been she peach had schnapps. schnapps. <laughs> I've had schnapps. Joyce, so I'm going to be rump- awful to my daughter tonight. Could have been rumplemints. Rumplemints. We had that. We had that discussion at the time. Oh, got it. I think. I guess I don't even. Rumplemints r- is this like? So wait, is that rumple mint or rumple? It's like mince? German. Rumple, but mint, yeah, okay. with like a Z, I think. I don't remember exactly the spelling. Huh. It's a hundred proof peppermint flavored schnapps. Yeah, super strong. <laughs> so Xander suggests a movie. They talk about a movie. There's something about a chimp playing hockey. Uh, something, something. And I was like trying to think if that was a real movie, but it only made me think of Dunstan checks in. Oh yeah, I don't think involved hockey. I have no idea. Do you know what that is? I don't think so. It's about a chimpanzee who like is in a hotel for some reason uh-huh. and there's like a boy who lives in the hotel and they become friends there were a lot of movies with animals in them in the 90s yeah like they born to be an wild dr doolittle mighty joe young uh air bud uh Babe, ace ventura Pig pet detective city. yeah Which, well, is that one of the really i'm thinking about movies where it's <laughs> like yes ace ventura is usually transphobic um no like I'm talking about movies where animals are like the star. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Not just movies that have animals in them at some (laughs) point. Although I did say that, so. Yeah, Zach. This is all your fault. Anyway, so. Dawn knows that she's only sleeping over at Xander's so that Riley and Buffy can have loud, obnoxious sex. I just want to point out when they're looking at movies, too, they're looking in the newspaper, which that, wow, real throwback. I don't think I ever did that even. Uh, I don't think I never did that, but it was because our the movie theater we had in my hometown only played one movie like every two weeks, yeah. so we just always knew what was playing. Yeah, same. Except we had two. We had double that. We had oh two. Oh my god! Highland Twin Cinema, baby. Hell yeah! Yeah. And then it shut down, and the owner never sold the building, and there was not a movie theater, and you had to go forty five minutes all the way to Fort Smith for it. Mm. The Highland Twin Cinema is still going, but they mostly only play like weird religious films now. I think naturally, and, like the God's Not Dead part. 75 <laughs> and the big blockbusters they play those too. right right i remember it was like a huge deal when the golden compass played Jeez, mm-hmm. and it's really funny too because the owners of that theater were really religious anyway so after don makes the comment about buffy and riley having loud obnoxious sex anya says does that mean we can't to, to, to xander <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny and then uh we cut to buffy and riley and uh kind of like i mean it's kind of cheesy but it's like kind of cute she's like so relieved that her mom is okay and she's talking about how all her tension has left her and riley's Mm -hmm. like well i'm gonna fuck you (laughs) which you know i don't 
I, I, the this conversation is fine, and yeah. for a second, for a moment, it's fine. This is Riley's best part of the entire episode. And uh, he's like, "I want to not to be special." And Buffy tells him it's perfect, and he's like, "You deserve it." And uh, after everything you've been through, and she says it's nothing compared to what her mom has had to deal with. But uh, Riley is affirming her. He's like, "It was a lot, and you were incredible." And she's like, "She's like, oh, not really. I was covering for the weepy chicken within." And I, <laughs> I. When you call yourself a chicken, you don't normally put an adjective in front of it. So mm. that I don't, it sounded really funny to me because she called herself a weepy chicken. <laughs> it sounds so funny. Yeah. But uh, so then he's like, you stayed strong. You never even cried. And she's like, uh, well, actually, I did. I cried super hard, but that's all in the past. And that's when we see Riley's face. And he's like, she cried and it wasn't around me. And I wrote, Buffy cried. Riley didn't see it. And somehow this hurts his feelings. <laughs> Fuck off, Riley. Oh, and, and she says, writers. She says, "Moms." <laughs> this episode, right? She says, "Moms out of the woods." I'm here with you, and that's all that matters. Out of the woods. Maybe I should say. Maybe we should also say, um, "Fuck off, toxic fandoms that like can't let characters actually have interesting growth." <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know, man. Whatever. I know. No, <laughs> I don't want to blame the fans. It's not. Yeah. Their fault. <laughs> but. Anyway, so yeah, then they have loud, obnoxious sex. Uh-huh. Not, not really, though. It seems And it quiet. pans over to the window, and we see that Spike is just, like, looking at her window from outside, we being a fucking creep. Her window, ha- or her room has a popcorn ceiling. Oh, that's very 90s. And, um, yeah. So <laughs> then it's, like, we get the time passes. It's later in the night, and, Buff- and he, like, gets out of bed. And you can see he has this... Really big, like, bandage on his elbow pit. And it's like, she didn't notice that and think that was weird. I probably was like, I fell in a cat bit me it's or like something his, like that. It's like he's got track marks. Uh-huh. And anyway, um, he walks out the front door and Spike notices because he's still creeping outside hours later. And he fa- and yeah. And then uh, he follows uh, Riley past a dummy thick palm tree. Oh, very and thick. That was a thick palm tree. Base. This tree is like a main character <laughs> at this point. Like that that tree a- outside of Buffy's house. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's the same. Like they've been using the same like area for Buffy's house. So like I even re- it was in Bewitched, Bewa- Bothered, and Bewildered. Like they were around that tree. I think when Drusilla was like, "How do you feel about eternal law? <laughs> How do you feel about <laughs> eternal law?" So that tree, that tree is a main character at this right. point. It need it need, it deserve. It's a member of SAG. It's getting its mm-hmm. it's getting its coins. It's struck. Palm Tricia. <laughs> Palm Tricia. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's her name. Uh, so. Spike follows him into some sketchy area and watches him go into some house. I, I, it looks like a house on the inside, so I'm calling it a house, but it kind of looks like a part of no, like he some goes sort into of like, like a building. Like yeah, a it's a building, but on the inside, it looks like a house. So I, that's just what I'm calling it. <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to be a crack house looking type thing. Yeah. Uh, we cut to the hospital, and Joyce uh, is talking to Buffy about wigs. She thinks she she would look like she's had a cat on on her head oh wait sorry she currently thinks like she looks like she's had a cat on her head because of her wound from her brain surgery Uh and it's it is so like mom who grew up in the 70s to be like oh this brain surgery left my hair all weird (laughs) like i don't think it's just I, I think that it's a normal it's human like a reaction to something. Yeah, I, but like the first thing you think of after you get out of sur- brain surgery alive, it's like a very like, oh, 
what have we done to women that the first thing they say to their daughter is my hair looks bad? I mean, it's not like she woke up and picked up a mirror and said True. That. Yeah, were, I don't know how long it's been. They were talking before this. But yeah, <laughs> anyway, I, I don't think it's that weird. I get, I get the point. I'm trying to make a comment about society, Zachary, and you're not letting me be profound. I'm sorry. <laughs> I no, just, but yeah, you're right. It could. She, yeah. This just could be part of a conversation. I, she, I feel like I would, I mean. Maybe her. the first thing she said was like, oh my God, thank God I'm alive. My hair is already falling out on top, and I feel like I would I would also be concerned about uh-huh. how weird. I'd be like, well, maybe Eventually, it's time to go bald. Yeah. <laughs> right it's time to shave my head once this scar's over so yeah um she doesn't want a wig she thinks she's gonna u- just gonna use a scarf and buffy <laughs> buffy has a wig head a wig and like some styling products like she's been <laughs> she's just been like giving joyce a demo she <laughs> she just came from drag con um, <laughs> and uh anyway they're talking about she um, just watched a james mansfield tutorial they're t- <laughs> They're talking about Riley, but Joyce is like, "Go spend time with Riley," and he's, she's like, "Oh, I'm sure he'll come over later or whatever." And like, I feel like this is supposed to be giving you the breadcrumbs of like Buffy takes him for granted, which uh-huh. is so stupid. And and she's like, "I'm sure he'll be come over later, looking for some Bible study, <laughs> right?" And like, like it's a bad thing to just like know that your boyfriend will just come see you because he wants to spend time with you. Yeah, you shouldn't like, expect your boyfriend to like want to be around you. That is shitty, Buffy. But wow. In, wow, anyway. Buffy, wow. <laughs> anyway. And like, uh, oh, I can't believe Buffy is trying to spend time with her mom instead of scheduling more sex with her boyfriend already. Like, give me a fucking break, writers. Right. And then Joyce makes the line, or says the line, as long as you two are spending some quality time with the Lord. The Lord. <laughs> I love it. Very, very nice. Uh, so uh, we cut to the military who's still in Sunnydale after I named, listening to Fear. I named this thing, ugh, military dudes. Right. I was like, they're still fucking, I forgot they were still in Sunnydale. I hate it. And Graham is like, what about Riley? And he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> and then they're like, we got to bring him on board. And then the guy's like, what's he got here in Sunnydale that's so special? And that's when we cut to Buffy sleeping. And uh, so Riley did not come over. And <laughs> Buffy was like, ah, I'll I'll spend a little time to myself because I'm a person who doesn't need to see my boyfriend every single fucking day. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> and Spike wakes her up by walking into her room. Yeah, I was like. You had to wait until she was asleep? Right! You couldn't have just talked to her when she got home? What are you doing? I mean, I guess, like, he was waiting for Riley maybe to go to the vampire crack house. Yeah, maybe he did but, come over tonight. But, I whatever. Anyway, then um, he says he wants to show her something. After asking her if she's naked under the blankets, which you... And then... <laughs> and then... She kind of gives him a. She he he tells her he wants to show her something. She's like, okay, we'll turn around so I can get dressed. And he's like, oh please, like I'll give a bloody damn. And then he turns around and comes a little right, just knowing she's naked behind him. Oh my god! And then hey, still better than Xander. Sure. Remember fucking uh, he uh, peaked. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck that man. Such a creeper. Mm-hmm. And so um, as a never kill a boy on the first date, I won't forget. Right. But he's a hero because he didn't fuck her when she was under the great roofy spirit spell. Oh, he didn't wait, Buffy. He's such a good man. Anyway, meanwhile, at the vampire crack house, <laughs> there's moaning. Very much moaning. 
And then Spike tells her not to uh, start slaying. That's not what they're there for. Yeah. she's. He's just like, just look around at all these vampires. 80s action movie villain vampire has a problem with Spike going upstairs. And I love the like set dressing because it really does look like a shady crack dealer's house. And like... There was a time I was hanging out with someone in college and they went to like get something from a dealer. It's probably just pot or something. I have no idea. But like I was scared to be in the house because it looked exactly like this. Uh, nothing happened to me. It was fine. But I was scared. Mm. <laughs> so I really appreciate this set dressing because it mel- made me feel like I was back there. <laughs> well, I was going to say when we got to this scene, unlike the uh, crack house that Rachel and Gleason's that one girl too. Ah, connections. This is active. Uh, serendipity. So this is an active crack house. Serendipity doodah. So then <laughs> they go upstairs and Riley is getting sucked and he's like, oh, harder. Mm-hmm. And, and then Buffy is like gasp and like duff up. And then we hit commercial. He notices she's there when we come back. And she he's like, Buffy. And then she runs away. Uh, and then <laughs> Spike is like, we only came here because we care about you, friend. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's why you came here, Spike. All right. I'm sure. And then Buffy, like, hurls this man against the wall as she runs out the door, which is really funny. Yeah, this vampire is like, what the fuck are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, get the fuck out of my way. Right? Do you know who I am? It's just so funny. I lo- I. It is like actually kind of cool. I love when we get to see like super strength Buffy like come into play and uh-huh. she just like, and it's, but it's casual. She just like right. pushes this guy and he flies like six feet into the air. And um, then we have uh, Riley fighting his way out because that guy's like, where'd you bring a slayer in here? Blah, blah, blah. And then we have sad home Buffy. And then we have sad home Riley. Right. <laughs> uh, and Spike, when uh, when they get, went out, Spike was like, I just thought you should know. Yeah, okay, what you care about her, Spike. That's why. It's not because you want her away from her boyfriend. Well, you know, whatever. <laughs> So we get Sad Home Riley uh, <laughs> as a mirror to Sad Home Buffy. And sad then, Home Riley, Sad Home Buffy. And then the he says, get out. And then we the camera pans around and we see that the military dudes are in his basement that he lives in. Yeah, whatever whatever this living quarters is. And they're, this They were just standing in the dark in his apartment or whatever. It's way more dramatic that way. And then the leader guy who i don't know is actually named in this episode is like we got a code one in belize he is i think i wrote it down once but i forgot so i th- i think maybe that was in the I last just episode Whatever. cannot be compelled to care about the right, military exactly. people at all they're so annoying uh-huh. and so he's like we got a demon tribe taking out missionaries in the rainforest dirk a come help us blah 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 and so <laughs> then uh they want riley to join and he's like i quit the government and he's like we're not government we're the army and i was like um what <laughs> okay whatever you what say. he means by that i realized is we're not like government scientists we're right. just the military but the military is but the military also employs scientists and is part of the military. Yeah, anyway, anyway. Part of the government. <laughs> well, anyway, so uh, we're not scientists. We're just killers. Right. And it's like, it's no experiments. We don't care what makes monsters tick. We just stop them. And he was like, it's going to be high risk, low pay, and seriously messy. And I wrote in parentheses, late stage capitalism. Also, like, oh, they just. I guess that wasn't a good one. 
No, that was a good one. I'm just <laughs> adding to the conversation. <laughs> yes, late stage capitalism, army, blah blah blah. But uh, yeah, that's just that's just any job you get can get nowadays. But uh, that this is so such an important thing that the, like they have to leave by midnight. Right. They have to have Riley decide today. But if they've he's been going digging around in Sunnydale since the meteor right like what the fuck and they weren't even gonna, gonna, gonna come to sunnydale in the first place like what if they he hadn't called them in because there wait last episode was that the, was the last episode yeah the meteor okay and i uh, like this you you get what you can't spend a little bit more time prepare you think they're going to like eat all of belize in a day like what's happening <laughs> So, yeah, I guess it is, like, the next day, isn't it? Yeah, he says, we ship out for Central America. To no, I mean, oh, like, yeah. the meteor happened. Yeah, and, and they roll her into surgery, and then the next, or however long like, her surgery is, is when this episode starts. Well, it's but then it's been a couple days, because then there was Buffy, well, Boinking, they, they have Riley. Boink, they boink, and that's one day. And then there's but then the next, that that following day is uh, when Spike gets Buffy. Yeah, so it's so been like it's a couple of days since the quote, no anyway. more than two or three days. Anyway, this is really not that important. But so <laughs> now we cut to the magic box, and they're <laughs> hanging up a big banner. And Giles says, uh, "No, lo- he's no longer a victim of crass holiday commercialism. He's a purveyor of it." Yes, uh, the banner which says, "Don't forget Winter's Solstice." Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and Gurnanthar's Ascendants are coming. <laughs> Which is, and you can, like, if you're not paying attention, you won't notice that Gurnanthar's Ascendants are on there, but it's yeah. very funny. <laughs> yeah, I really love the little background gags. Um, this, the, the Scoobies minus Sander are the only thing that make this episode bearable to watch at all. Right. Um, and so then, um, we get uh, who ordered the chi- more Anya's like who orders <laughs> who more chickens ordered feet? more chickens feet the ones we have aren't moving at all and then we have a real bumps that's generally what happens when you cut them off the chicken <laughs> yes it's so f- and she, silly she's like oh we could do a holiday promotion give one free with every purchase and then Z- Giles talks about dear holiday memories of Mary Tykes by the fire enjoying yes. the new Christmas chicken. <laughs> and Willow's like, oh, yeah, we can, we, y- you could paint the chicken feet's toenails. She's, she's like, I can see them holding them tight as they fall asleep, painting the little toenails. <laughs> and, and Anya's <laughs> like, that w- that's very humorous. Make fun of the ex-demon. <laughs> I can just hear you now in private. I dislike that, Anya. She's newly human and, and strangely, strangely literal. literal. <laughs> so funny <laughs> and willow's like i don't say that no one talks that way i just want to say to it's really funny how they're like she's strangely literal because she's a demon and right. i just want to say that and i just want to put a pin in that oh okay on to that for a while we'll see about so, we'll see what happens anyway um then uh she's like if it wasn't for me giles would be a terrified old man staring at a quarterly tax statement and wedding herself <laughs> and he's yeah. <laughs> what does he say? Something like that's an exaggeration. <laughs> yeah, something like that. That kind of makes it seem like he did wet himself with right. quarterly tax reports. Or he he was a terrified old man staring at a quarterly tax statement, but at least he didn't wet himself. Yeah. And um and, and Willow's like, "You've helped, but I have too." And she's like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about all the vigorous sitting around." <laughs> And, she t- <laughs> and Xander's like, you get paid on you. She doesn't. And she's like, oh, sorry, Willow. Thank you for making time in your busy life to come in here and get in the way of mine. <laughs> <laughs> and this isn't the first time they've been in a fight around chicken feet. Right. Because <laughs> there was when they tried to do the ritual to get the necklace back. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Doppelganger land and created... Uh, 
or it brought a uh, vampire willow into the station. Yes. Uh, also involving, yeah, a uh, uh, willow. Like, I believe these chicken feet are mine. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> and uh, so Anya's like uh, Anya. Xander starts to argue with her, like trying to be like, "Why are you so mean to Willow?" And uh, Anya's like, "I feed you. I bathe you." <laughs> and Willow's like, "She, she bathes, bathes you." <laughs> And he's like, only in an erotic penthouse way. Giles is like, please stop. Yes. I beg you. It's very <laughs> funny. And thankfully, Buffy comes in to stop this nonsense. Right. She wants to find out about a vampire nest. And then this whole scene is like, yikes. And because like, you know, she's like, who would pay to get bitten? And then Giles is like, oh, that's been going on for centuries. They get off on the rush. And then... um. Z- Anya's like, yeah, they get cash, they get hot and cold running blood, they don't leave corpses behind, so they don't get hunted. And then uh, Buffy's like, well, I have to do this. Why didn't you tell me? And he's like, well, I didn't know what was fucking happening here. <laughs> right. And she is like getting weapons, and he's like, I don't, f- I think you should go where your efforts are better spent or something. And he's like, Basically just says these people just deserve to die because they made bad choices. And it's well, like, wow, I don't, cold. No, I don't No, think... he literally is like, these people made the choice to get bitten and they deserve whatever happened. Like, he almost says that oh, okay, word okay. for word. Well, I think he's kind of like, I don't think she... This is very reflective of that, like post reagan era like dare like 90s anti-drug thing where it's like drug addicts are monsters and they are choosing to be this way and it's their uh-huh. fault kind of well thing. it is so it's very there. i think i think what he's saying is it's dangerous yeah but like they these vampires aren't necessarily trying to kill people and like that's not what he says he says they are choosing to be there <laughs> like he's he's like it's their fault he is what he says. Okay. He, I I didn't write down his like quote word for word, but he is like these people are choosing to be there. We uh-huh. should target we should target glory basically. Right, right, right. Which I do agree with Giles that glory is a much bigger existential threat to Yeah, them. it's a it, it I guess I didn't see it as him being like, "Oh, it's okay that these people are dying." It I, is a it's I a, saw it as like, "Oh, they may not be di- I mean, it's dangerous, but like they're not definitely going to die. I mean, so. I could be, I could have been, but I don't think so. Cause I think they're really making a comparison to like, like this is a cracked in. Yeah. I hadn't vampires. even, I hadn't even thought about it that way. Cause um, there's like the reason Buffy's got this like flame under her ass about this is be, you know, because of the whole Riley. Riley thing. And it's not like she didn't see anyone dying. And for all she knows, this is like a safe vampire cracked in. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's the, there are there are layers to Riley's it. Riley's been there several times, and he's still alive. So. And I, for one, uh, recognize vampire sex work as real work. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, she, you know, they're all kind of coming at this like, "What are you doing?" Because they don't know about Riley or anything. Uh-huh. Uh, Xander says that we should come up with a strategy and wait for Riley, and then Buffy is instantly triggered. She's like, "Bag me up or not, I'm going." And then they're like. Anya will mind the store and Giles <laughs> and uh, Xander are going with her. And then she's like, have a nice day. Don't get killed. <laughs> yes. Very funny. I love it. Um, and so, yeah, then we cut to the vampire crack house. Yes. So uh, there aren't any vampires left. And Xander's like, they must've jumped ship when they found out Buffy found them. And he says something about Xander says something about their crib. And he's like, I just want to apologize for the use of the word crib. <laughs> yes. Uh, Giles is sure they're around somewhere. Yo, 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 MTV cribs. <laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> and that they'll maybe shut up, set up shop again sometime. And Buffy just does some casual arson. <laughs> yeah, she, there's just a fire in a box, I guess. they. No, le- it's like a camp stove. Oh, okay. I see. I see. It looks like a briefcase that's on fire. Yeah, I rewound it to see. I was like, is there just a fire in a box? <laughs> like, do vamp- That seems really dangerous for vampires to keep right. around. But yeah, so I'm like, even if it is a vampire crack house, this is a building that's like connected to other buildings, Buffy. Right, Um, exactly. (laughs) I don't know that burning it to the ground is the best move. So yeah, like, and I feel like this is like, this is kind of inconsistent for Buffy. She's not like an angry, take it, takes it out in like a physical way, angry person. It's almost like like this episode and storyline were shoehorned into the season and don't make much sense. Right, yeah. She's more of like, she she's more of like a like she like when An- there was this stuff with angel and she cried on the bed and like she uh had like a girl talk with willow about stuff on the bed and cried mm-hmm. and stuff like that and like, the only time she really got super angry with angel is when she kicked him in the nuts <laughs> right exactly um uh, so yeah so then we cut to spike's crypt and uh riley busts in and <laughs> spike says uh, careful it takes a while to get back to full strength after the bites and then uh he pushes him against the wall with a stake and he's like don't kill a messenger and then he's like why the hell not he and stabs him with this stake uh-huh and we cut to break i just want to say don't shoot the messenger is when someone delivers you bad news right it's not when you deliver news about someone that is going to be hurtful to you right to someone else that's <laughs> not how you use it's that it's not phrase. when you bring the person that you have a weird uh sexual predator obsession with to see something bad that you're doing to break them up with you right that's, that's not, not really don't shoot the messenger right and um so then we he s- drives the stake into Spike's heart. And, and you're like, we, <gasps> and then we, you know, dr- drama of it all. And then we cut back after the commercial and he's like, plastic wood grain looks real, doesn't it? And I was like, why would Jesus. you have a plastic but fake First steak? of all, what the fuck? I, I mean, obviously Riley's trying to intimidate him, but like show what the fuck, like what is going on? And I, I would have been, if I didn't know that Spike was not going to die here, I would be like i'd be like finally someone fucking did it and then i'd be like god damn it right (laughs) and then he's like stay away from her i'll do this for real next time and i wrote sure jan sure jan someone's gonna stake spike right i don't know Uh, any george glass that goes to our school school (laughs) so anyway um he's like you're really under it aren't you and then uh he's like afraid i'm hot for your honey." honey And he's like, because you are. Yes, <laughs> like, it's right. Yeah, exactly. And then Spike says, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we get this thing about how he's like, even if I wasn't in the picture, you wouldn't be able to hold on to it. <laughs> and Riley says, I didn't almost kill you enough. You didn't right. almost kill him, though. Yeah. You, di- you don't have anything on you with which to kill him. That we know of. And then he yeah. says, <laughs> if you... Spike says something like, if you were getting what you needed from her, you wouldn't need suck jobs from two-bit vampire trolls. Yes. <laughs> Rude. And then... And they are... They're, well, says you, fucking little neutered ass, fucking, oh, I'm going to try and kill Buffy, but fail miserably every time because I can't fight anyone. Blah, and blah, blah. it was at this point where I wrote, homeless on the street, giving handjobs for crack. <laughs> which is from uh, the... Uh, I think that's from the South Park Christmas special. Uh, yes. <laughs> I respect sec- sex workers just on the record <laughs> and uh anyway she, she um 
Let's see. Do, do, do. Oh, he says the girl needs a little monster in her man, and it's not in your nature, no matter how <sighs> low you try to go. And it's like, yes, yeah. Buffy can only ever want one thing. And then, and he's like, I still got to try, even if I don't have a shot. And he's, and Riley's like, if you touched her, I'd kill you for real. Ah, uh, yeah, sure. I believe someone will kill Spike. Eventually. And then Spike says the quiet part out loud, where he says, if I didn't have this chip in my head, I would have killed your ass a long time Another, ago. He's like, I am just dying to kill someone. <laughs> he just won't stop saying it and, and they just they, let him walk around and then they just start drinking together and he talks about how he's and jealous it's like this sorry we begin this like fucking like two bros hanging out complaining about women over beers and i was like can you give me a fucking break i know jesus and so spike talks about being jealous of him and then he's like talks about how riley's so close to her but doesn't have her and to be all alone when you're with her. And it's like, oh my God, you asshole. Right. And that he's like feeling her beneath you, surrounding you, the scent. No, you got the better deal. Like, oh, I, even if she hated me, I just want to fuck her. And like, he's like, I'm the lucky guy. Yeah. I'm the guy. And then I just wrote, yeah, fuck very off, sarcastically. And I'm like, yeah, God damn it. The, the two worst men. And then, uh, anyway. Then we have. Uh, Punchy Buffy punches. She, so, I wrote, she's Vera mad. <laughs> <laughs> and she's working out her anger with punches. Um, let's see. Xander and Anya are talking about how, how she's like, they're like, what the fuck's going on with her? Xander can tell something bad's going on, but Anya thinks he's overreacting. And she, she's like, who hasn't done stuff like that? Uh, and she, one time I made a guy spontane- spontaneously combust and he set his whole village on fire. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I was like, cause, was that because he was angry on you, or was it because you made the fire by combusting him? <laughs> was that hit? Did he make that choice? Wait, oh, what? No, she's saying, who hasn't burned some place down? I burned a place down. Oh, I thought point. I thought she was talking about like you know taking your anger out on something. No, okay, she's I like, see, who hasn't done some arson? <laughs> yeah, I see. I see. And that so, makes more sense. And then uh, Riley comes in and he asks them to leave the entire building, even though right. she's in a separate room. Yeah, exactly. And they're like. She's like, oh, after hours, hanky panky, huh? There's this thing you could do on the vaulting horse that me and Xander, and he's like, stop. <laughs> yeah, he's like, There's, this is not the time for tales of Anya and Xander's sexcapades. And um, Anya, again, single handedly <laughs> making this episode even remotely watchable. Uh-huh. Um, and so, um, <laughs> yeah, she says, maybe we can go home and have them, <laughs> the, the sexcapades. And uh, then. Xander says he has some stuff to take care of, which is just stalking Buffy, I guess. And so Buffy is not ready to talk. And uh, then he's like, she's basically like, unless you want to have a fight. And he's like, well, let's fight. And I mean, so you are, I, you're just supposed to, it's so annoying to me that the show is trying to make it look like Riley has a semblance of a point. Right. And like, not even that. They're like, basically the show is siding with Riley. Yeah, pretty much. The show is saying he's right. You haven't given him enough attention and enough of yourself. And so he's, this is him. He, he acted out. Or whatever. And like, there's the smallest little bit of like, sure maybe Buffy is like keeping him a little bit at an arm's length and maybe she isn't like sharing 
stuff with him that she could considering that they have this relationship and she says she uh is into it and she she's like trying to deny that he's not enough for her and stuff like that but you don't like like he doesn't have to walk in here here like tell her it's all her fault and then be like i'm going to be gone by the end of the day so you have to make up your mind now like what the fuck yeah, they have they go through this kind of fight where like he's saying um that So I'm Well I, he's so he's like he starts with like it all started because he wanted to even the score after she let after, Buffy mm-hmm. bite or let Dracula bite her. And, and she and, starts to protest and he's like, I know, I know. Well why'd you fucking say it, you asshole? And then um he's like, I need to know why Dracula and Angel have so much power over you. I'm what like, the fuck? Fuck, Angel has, she has done, what are you talking about? So, (laughs) just to unpack this a little bit. So, he's, he feels, it's like he thinks she is in love with and wants to fuck Dracula. Which, she was like enthralled with him. That was sexual assault, Riley. Under his thrall. Yeah, exactly. He was literally like doing a roofie spell on her to make him, make her attracted to him. And so, but he's like conflating angel and dracula just because they're both vampires not even remotely close angel was like the angel first has nothing love. to do with anything angel, either angel was the first like love of her life and so like that is a person who's going to have an impact on you and like riley that angel shit that is all coming from you yeah exactly i mean like he is he's just angry that he he's like in her life at all <laughs> which is so possessive and so creepy and so shit. Like that he exists in ex- the experiences she had because she hasn't seen Angel since the end of season four. And he's the one who came to like apologize to her, which he shouldn't have had to do. We can't get it. Whatever. Like he, it's all him. And so then uh, Buffy comes back with, hey, gee, Buffy's so mysterious. I think I'll almost die. Which Right. Every single thing Buffy says is right in this. I don't like listen. Exactly. And I'll admit I'm biased. I'm protective of Buffy. I fairly freely admit that she says nothing that is wrong in this. Like I would love if you think if you think that she is off base in any way in any part of this conversation. I would really like to hear it, and I want to know why. Uh huh. So he's like, I. They made me feel something I didn't know I was missing until. And Buffy's like, I cannot hear you talk about this. And he's like, You need to hear it. And she says, Tell me what your whores were giving <laughs> you that I can't. And I was like, Oh, all oh right. my god, it's spicy here. That was so. I I know that's not supposed to be funny, but that made me laugh. Right. And he says they needed me. And I was oh. like, Oh, it's this again. Yeah, it's like what. It's like he's this is so misogynistic and so shitty. It's like because you don't have to rely on me in any way, you are not giving me yourself, blah blah, whatever. And like, a ma- like this would never even be like even like a shadow of a thought if he were the slayer and she were his girlfriend Mm -hmm. that would it would never be the like oh you don't need me enough like it would be like oh my boyfriend's off slaying vampires and i'm a widow girl who doesn't understand things he doesn't spend enough time with me right and then and he's like uh that that's like just like how that would go if a man were writing that kind of romance because that's the way superhero things go right but uh and but and but he's like 
you don't need and he talk goes on to talk about how oh when they bit me it was more than passion they wanted to devour all of me this was the scene where i screamed out loud by the way yes i literally was like ah like just i was just in frustration and it's one of those really annoying things about like one of the consistently annoying things about this show is like it's one of those dramas where it's like the love is pain Mm. and it's it's only good if it's painful and et cetera, et cetera. And, like, I know that we consume these things for entertainment, but it does like lay groundwork in people's head of like, Oh, this is an expectation. Like this is what things are right. supposed to be like. And it's kind of dangerous in some ways. Yes. And it's just so gross. I'm trying to avoid using the word toxic, but it is, it's just like corrosive bullshit. So anyway, um, uh, I love, she's like, how can you tell me you understand what they were feeling? You were a willing, idiotic snack. And I was he like, said, tell him, she Buffy. Said, well, she said, you weren't a passion to them. You were a snack. And I was like, that that line hits a little different today with this. Uh, a snack, uh, yes. But it's still <laughs> very really, funny. It's, I mean, she got him. And then he's like, you didn't even call me when your mom went into the hospital. Yeah, and that I was, was like. She had just learned that it was going to if happen. If I was a superpowered woman, I would have punched him in the face right now. Like she learned, her mom told her she went on the porch and cried with a vampire who was about to try and shoot her. And then she went to the hospital. Like, sorry, she didn't have enough time to call you. And well, no, that isn't even ass. the time. This is the first time when she passed out. Oh, that was the hospital. Well, yeah, but that was kind of an emergency, Riley. Anyway. Yeah, and she's like, "I'm sorry, I couldn't take care of you while my mom was dying." And he says, "It's about me taking care of you." No, it's not. You're being a whiny baby right yeah, now. This is entirely about you. Want you want Buffy to give you your fucking your fucking validation, Baba? Yeah, and to be like, he wants her to be like have some weakness so he can feel strong compared to her. That's all this is about. And so anyway, then she gives him this thing. He's saying he doesn't feel it. And she says, you can't handle the fact that I'm stronger than you. And he's like, that's not it. And I wrote in parentheses, it is it. Yes. And then, um, she's like, this is me. This is the package. And if it's so deficient that you need to get your kicks elsewhere, then we have a real problem. And so, then and he drops the military shit. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, the military wants me back. And she's like, are you going? And he's like, I don't know. And I think, it, I can't remember which one of them says, if we can't work this out. And I'm like, you literally just dropped a shit bomb on her. And with, you're like, by the way, in two hours, I'm leaving unless you beg me to stay. It, exactly. And then she's like, he says he's she's like you cannot seriously be giving me an ultimatum and he's like i'm not and i'm like you literally fucking (laughs) are what just happened you shit piece and so then she tries to kind of run past him and then he's like hit me and i'm like fuck you he's he's like if she hits me that means she cares because that's because to men hitting is caring and like uh, they do the dramatic we're both facing away from each other and he's like i'm leaving buffy unless you give me a reason to stay and i'm like fuck and you're trying to tell me you care about this person you're like okay i'll just fucking leave if she isn't cool with me cheating on her in a day like what the fuck are you talking about and then we have this never in this entire conversation does he say i should not have done that to you i'm sorry or anything even resembling he says it was stupid and childish and shit but i'm like yeah 
It was. You're not like saying anything groundbreaking. Yeah, and well, what he's saying, but he's also not saying he's wrong. Yeah, it's more like he's saying it was dangerous. Yeah, like it was dumb. It was dangerous. It's not. But I was so just thought about you. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so and so we got to the her walking, and then she's surrounded by the vampires from the crack house, and this like little like 120 pounds soaking wet vampire in a leather jacket thinks somehow he's going to kill her. And he's like, you're not going to make it through the night. And then she's like, walk away. Don't fucking do this. I'm right. not in the mood. And then she kills them all in like 10 seconds. Right. Exactly. Because one of them easily. is using a pointy wooden stick as a weapon. Bad idea. Vampire. <laughs> Very bad idea. Uh, and then, you see her hold the. She kills all of the like enforcer types, except for the one she saw biting Riley. And then yeah, which is the like girl. this kind of uh, wayfish. I guess she's supposed to be like a crackhead analog vampire. Uh, and she looks and, really scared, and she starts to run away. And then Buffy like javelins her from. Yeah, she li- makes a big show of like away. lowering the weapon and yeah. letting her go, and then she's like, ah, fuck it, and she thro- tosses it and dusts her. And which I really, she, I don't. L- Buffy's a vampire slayer, whatever. I did not like. I did not like that. In a different context, it would have been interesting to discuss the complexity of that, but I don't. I hate it, so I don't want to. Yeah, I did not. I was like, hmm. especially like she. She was just trying to get some food, and she was trying to do it without killing no one. So anyway, right? Which the this is the part of the show where like the the vampire or like the show is trying to walk back a lot of what it's set up about vampires yeah like because so demons have seemed to kind of like have a little bit more gray area than vampires where previously it was like vampires are only evil they only want to kill things that's all they care about Mm -hmm. and now it's like well no maybe not all vampires and like so and uh, which is fine like i'm okay with like uh an expansion of the the lore or whatever and kind of having a realization that like oh so there's like levels and not every vampire is like, <laughs> like, you know, cartoon villain evil. Right. So. Yeah. And well, and part of the reason I don't like it is Spike is right there. And Spike has tried to kill people several times and he could have done it like several times since he got his chip. And he keeps talking about how he just can't wait to kill people. And he's trying to do it. And they're just like, if you step out of line, Spike, I'm going to stick you. And they never do it. And then, like, this vampire who Buffy has only ever seen, like, trying to, like, get the nourishment she needs without killing someone. She, like, starts to give her sympathy and then she just kills her. And it's, it's like, a weird tonal disconnect. Like, we're, we're supposed to believe that uh, we're like, maybe Spike does love Buffy and maybe we should feel sorry for Spike. And then we're like, oh, we're supposed to feel okay with her, like, because she's sad staking this vampire who might be kind of similar. There's, like, this whole other woman thing and, like... Right! It's, it's just weird. I hate it. And so, um, then... Let's see. Xander comes out and says that he was going to lend her a hand, but then she grew a few extra ones and she's like, you know, fuck off. And I think, does she tell him about, no, she doesn't. And he tells her that she's acting like a crazy person. And I was like, what? She's like, she ran out because she was having a bad argument with her boyfriend 
and, and like he told her I'm leaving. And I will say that she would never said anything like you're an actual idiot. I hate you. You're a big, stupid, dumb bitch, which is what Xander has said in every argument he's ever been in on this show. Right. Exactly. Has immediately been a complete asshole. Ooh. So anyway, um, she he says something like you don't want to deal so you hide not very slayer like no she just doesn't want to talk to you about it right now you piece of shit right and so anyway he she's like denying and then he says so you and riley aren't imploding and then he's like i can't believe you never saw it coming and i was like oh so you saw it coming xander and didn't talk to your friend about it yeah like how months ago he said that she doesn't love me and you never thought like to you know so you're just maybe have a conversation about buffy where you're like hey so riley i think is feeling some type of way maybe you guys should talk about this what a fucking piece of shit he's an actual turd of a person (laughs) and so He's like, that guy would do anything for you. You know, except not have bite sex with vampires and in a fucking brothel. talk to you about his feelings. Yeah, he wouldn't say one time that you make him feel bad. He wouldn't. So, he, he would do anything except those two things. Yeah, so then... And you just have to be fine with that. Yeah, and so... Um, she very reasonably is like, he lied to me. He got himself bit. He ran around behind my back, almost got himself killed. And then the show is trying to convince us that Riley is still amazing somehow. And it's like, you're going to let him go. And she's like, it's not my decision. And he says, yes, it is. He's going to disappear unless you stop him. She's like, should I beg him to stay? And Xander says, why wouldn't you? Because he's a giant asshole. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And she says, I thought he was dependable. And she said, he says, what is he? State farm. And it's like, <sighs> Wanting to have somebody you can depend and rely on is not a ridiculous want. And I'm like, who who is is Riley 17-year-old Willow from Doppelgangland? Because she learned this lesson two years ago. Right. <laughs> and then she says he says something to her, like, I think you mean he's convenient. And she says, Look who has Anya following him around like a lovesick puppy. Right. And like, and he he spent so long just like using her as a little fuck toy. Yeah. Anyway. And so she's like, if you don't want to hear it, what I have to say, I'll shut up. And that was the first reasonable thing he said. But then, and she said, good, I don't. And then he's like, I lied and keeps talking. <laughs> yeah, well, a very in character for him. He says, he starts to say, you got burned by Angel. And she's like, I fucking know the story, Xander. I'm the main character. I was literally there. And he's like, but you missed the point. And then he says, you've been treating Riley. I hate this episode you've been treating riley <laughs> like the rebound guy but he's once in a lifetime okay he's, mr he's, mr fucking buttered corn wait a minute wait <laughs> he's never held back with you that's literally what he's been doing the entire season yeah he will he he hasn't told her his feelings he's like you didn't cry in front of me when you were sad about your mom but it's perfectly fine for him to just not say he feels bad about that and then he says yeah then he's like you're you're about to let him go because you don't like ultimatums and i was like yes yes she is and that's fine and then he's like if you're ready to love Think about what you're about to lose. He sounds and I'm like, like he sounds like Zoolander in my head because he's so stupid. I was like Xander, maybe you should go beg Riley. Yeah, to stay maybe you should fuck Riley. Yeah, you should go ride his fucking dick because it seems like that's what you want to do. And then we have Xander, and I wrote this is the rest of my notes for the scene. Xander, run, stupid fucking running montage. Uh, fuck sad helicopter Riley. So I hate I, this. I just gotta awful, say, true I, garbage. <laughs> No one looked at the ground because he's he's taking off. She's there when the ho- the thing is like 
eight feet off the ground. <laughs> yes. And I was like, nobody looked off at the ground. Eat shit, Riley. Sad walking Buffy. All right. That is the, I think that's good enough of a summary of what happened there. So she, I, well, I do want to say one thing though. And it's that Sarah Michelle Geller does really well at like her revelation face and mm. like the, she starts crying and stuff. And I'm like, I, I really like it when this is, this when i when this is a good earned emotional moment but it's not it's not so it's yeah like, no, she's wonderful this episode is utter garbage this it, utter bullshit bitch and cut, like quote, you kind of are expecting something like this to happen or at least buffy and riley to have it out because of we've been seeing the riley stuff but like it's just like to to have it go from like them not talking about anything at all. And Riley just like being ha- like zoom the camera zooming away from him. And he's sad and stuff like that straight to I'm leaving. If you don't tell me to stay tonight, it's like all at one. Like it could have, they could have like put stuff in the other episodes to like actually ramp up the tension or something. This is just such a bad conclusion to this whole thing. It's bad. It's just been, so bad such a big turd and and then we and then xander has learned a lesson from all this and speaking of unearned he's just like constantly embarrassed by anya and like he's constantly correcting her in front of all of their friends never complains about her never giving her like really any kind of like positives or like really not being nice about her ever he's basically always just kind of like I mean, I guess she's not, he like, he, he's always just like to her friends, like, ah, you know, the sex is good or whatever. Like that's been his kind of thing to about Anya this whole time. And then he gets this romantic moment because he's the Joss Whedon character insert or self insert. Yeah. And it's like he, Xander like wants so badly to be someone like Riley. Oh yeah. And he's like, he's like, well, I'm going to be the Riley, but it works out for me. And so his lips are the same color as his face, which is really weird. <laughs> Odd choice from they the makeup department. It looks like it. That's so funny. It, or like they gave him like a like a peach lipstick or something. Anyway, huh. it's probably just the lighting. Perhaps. But he tells Anya he loves her. And then uh, much like uh, Mr. or Professor Quirrell announced that there was a troll in the dungeon. says Troll in the dungeon. Just says, just thought you might want to know. Thought you ought to know. <laughs> thought you ought to know. And so then we get he sad. He doesn't faint though. Sad Buffy comes home and we see Sad Buffy on the stairs and then we cut to Sad Piece of Shit Helicopter Riley. And that is the end of this shitty saga. Thank God. So, Zach, each episode we're going to give uh, a score from one to ten stakes. How many stakes do you get to this episode? Okay, so um, this episode, I think, is by far the worst episode in this season. Uh-huh. And it might be the worst episode in the entire series. And I I did not want to give it a zero out of ten. <laughs> that being said, I have given it a zero point five. Zero point five from Zachary. I fucking hate this episode. And the only reason it has a not a zero is because of Anya, because everything Anya said was amazing and I loved it. It also, like all of the other episodes that have like bad aspects and we've rated kind of low, have at, have moved like the glory stuff along yeah. or the Joyce stuff along. Right. And I of course, this is obviously going to be important for Buffy's character arc. Like, this is a huge thing, her boyfriend being an asshole and leaving her. But, like, there's... It's just, like... Uh, we've been focusing so much on 
Joyce and on Glory. And, like, there's been, like, like an undercurrent of maybe Buffy and Riley aren't right for each other. It's just, like, it just doesn't even feel that important. And you could just say Riley left and Buffy's sad about it. And that's all this episode really will contribute in the future. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm giving the episode a one one that's what i gave. I was gonna give it a 1.5 but then for anya but then i was like well tara's not here so that's a minus 0.5 right i gave it a one originally um and then while i was thinking about it like i mean not even now while we were talking about it when i was writing my rating down before and I, even as i was thinking about it more i was like i don't even i wanted a zero and then like no not zero point five so that's where i i, and get, I got Often, even when we get, like, episodes that have uncompelling monsters and, like, really bad things about them or, uh, like, uh, they we, we are annoyed at the characters and, like, we think a character arc is not being written well and stuff like that, there's mm-hmm. still, like, the other aspect of the episode is really good. Yeah, like, the like... past couple episodes have been bad fantasy, good drama, mm-hmm. uh, but this is... Bad. No fantasy, bad, bad drama. drama. <laughs> very, very bad drama. Like and like, I just normally like even if I don't like the episode, normally if I don't like the story, whatever, I'm at least like, well, the banter was really good. And even that, there's only a there's only like things. one or two scenes because they're like gigantic. Like the thing with Dawn at the beginning. And then the scene with like Anya and Willow, and then the scene with Anya and Xander. That's like. 30 seconds yeah it's just like these huge dialogues for like the last half of the episode that are infuriating not fun to watch because you are like hating everyone yeah i hate it who oh you're supposed to do this part all right i was just like let's be done with this episode let's do mvp kyle who is the mvp of this episode (sighs) the mvp of this episode is anya for putting up with everyone's (laughs) bullshit that's what i put i put this is my note exactly anya because fuck xander and fuck (laughs) riley and even like and they write buffy poorly and like even though she is right in a lot of her things she also like essentially kills a sex worker everybody for having gets, sex with her boyfriend. Everybody so. in this episode just gets so two-dimensional. Yeah. It's just I don't so like bad. it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Marty Noxon. This is yeah. a big L for you. Huge. Huge. I hope maybe it was, maybe there was a lot of Joss Whedon. You made a big mistake. Huge. Huge. All right, Zach, uh, have you pulled any uh, queer themes out of your ass for this episode? Um, I was just angry. And uh, the only thing, I mean, <laughs> it, I know it's been unclear that I'm angry about this, uh-huh. but I started to write about, like, I just kind of let myself go and, like, what am I thinking and did, like, free association. And now it's uh-huh. like, I think there are a lot of instances where people kind of in queer in, in queer relationships stay in bad or unhealthy queer relationships because they kind of feel like it's their only option. Uh-huh. Um, and to that, I would like, you know, say you're in a place like where we are, where it's rural and it's like really hard to meet other gay people. And you might be like in a relationship with somebody and like, you're like, oh, sure. Like, you know, we actually don't have any of the same interests and we don't really even like each other that much. But like, at least I have somebody. Um, and to that, I would just say like, you do have options. I mean, and it's fine if like the relationship works enough for you to keep on with it. Um, but I would say that sometimes it is better to, you know, just kind of like grow on your own and let yourself be alone, even if that is scary. Um, 
so I mean I obviously can't make that choice for anybody nor would <laughs> I try to but um, I, I just would like my, my advice was to anyone who is in a relationship with somebody who is Riley really bringing them down who is really self-absorbed who's who lying to them is gaslighting you and telling you that you're not giving them enough of yourself and you're not enough for them <sighs> that relationship is just not worth it for you and it's like life is so short you it's should be happy me going to a vampire brothel is just as bad as you being kind of distanced yeah so that's what that's and if my... someone gives you an ultimatum even though you're worried they might be the only boyfriend you can find let them fucking go. Yeah. You're better off without them. And even though that only has like the slide, slightest like little squeeze of citrusy queer flavor to it, uh, that that is my queer analysis. Uh, yeah, really I don't need kind this of universal, episode. But I don't need this episode to be particularly gay because I hate it so much. <laughs> yeah, um, I want it to be straight, and it is very straight. There's so much straight nonsense in it. So much straight nonsense, and so um, yeah, I. I think the best thing I could think of was just to say to anyone out there who's on who's queer on the LGBTQIA plus spectrum or straight or whatever, you don't have to be in a relationship if it's not good for you. And yes. don't and don't let the Xanders of the world be idiots. At don't you. <laughs> let the Xanders get you down, sucker. <laughs> and and also don't fall prey to the sunk cost fallacy. Right. Like where you're like, well, we've been together this long or like, oh, I'm too old or whatever. I'm too far in. I'm too deep. You know, of course, emotionally, it's really complex. But like that doesn't have to stop you from trying to live a life that makes you happy. Right. Exactly. So um, let's move on to gayest moment. Oh, uh, you're supposed to do that. No, Wait, no, no, that's what you do. do. I was supposed to do that. <laughs> I was so angry I forgot about how this episode or how our show works. So yes. um gayest moment, Kyle, what did you have? Xander clearly being in love with Riley. I wrote <laughs> I wrote An- Anya talking about having kinky sex on the vaulting horse. <laughs> yes, very good. Just because Anya was my only ray of light in this episode. Yes, I love Anya. She deserves her I mean, uh, yeah. her MVP for this episode. Exactly. Uh, I have uh, I'm taking data science classes and I have I'm I'm excited to figure out something to do with our ratings and our uh, our MVPs like I want to like just something really simple like a way to program something to analyze them for us and I'm I'm gonna I'm like hmm what are what are some things I can pull out of my ass here like matching riders to our scores and Mm. stuff like that like what's the average score for this rider (laughs) that would be cool yeah, I uh, I definitely I w- plan on doing that. I would be excited to see that. Excited to see that. I um, would be exciting. I would be exciting <laughs> to that C. Yeah. I would would like I. So yeah, um, <laughs> thanks for uh, hanging out with us as we screamed into our microphones <laughs> for two hours. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, do we? Is that it? Are we you tell them up? where they can find us, Zach. Uh, that is it for Into the Woods. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And even if like you weren't totally into this episode, but like the other ones, <laughs> that uh-huh. would be cool. I, uh, I just want to say w- say one more time that Joyce survived brain can brain surgery, having a giant tumor in her brain at the beginning of this episode. And we barely got anything with her. <laughs> I know. And Riley well, maybe was... Maybe we should have Maybe we should have given it well, to Joyce. Because Riley felt like he was hurt the most. Right. Okay, continue. <laughs> anyway, uh, support us by leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple's 
Podcasts or Spotify, uh, what if somebody gets on there and they're like, they hated Riley, I hate them, and they okay, <laughs> bye. give us like a one star. <laughs> that would be so funny. Go fucking cry about it. That would be hilarious. Die mad about it. Also, if you really do feel like that, kind of fuck you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or tell or message us on Instagram and create Actually, start a dialogue. Please really do, because I want to hear your pr- perspective. I know I, I was being facetious when I said fuck you. I actually really do like hearing people like argue but also points. fuck you. Um, facetiously I, of I, course yeah like <laughs> uh it's just <laughs> i just i just like hearing other people's perspectives so i can be like huh right. uh, anyway um you can also follow us on instagram and uh tiktok at buffy gays pod yes you can also reach out to us through our email you can also leave us a voice message anywhere a text message anywhere do whatever you want to Get in touch with us. Tell us what you thought about the episode, about our thoughts. Give us your thoughts. Give you, give us thoughts about future episodes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Share us with your friends, pretty please. This has been season five, episode ten of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Join us next week for episode eleven, Triangle. Till next time. The myth of love triangles. <laughs> I'm Kyle. Isn't hard to learn. I'm Zach. No, I thought you were Rebecca Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> and we are your Buffy Gays. Happy slaying. Goodbye. I didn't have anything funny to say. Oh, Bye. you didn't? Okay. <laughs> <laughs>